at Disney, it was all about guest experience. And so guest experience was how does the human being sort of like experience and what emotions do they feel when they are when they are um, experiencing your your place or your event or your store or whatever it is. It is not meant to replace a uh, your own mind and your own creativity and your own um, ability to express yourself. Hey, this is Amal and you are listening to a Think Ultimate podcast. Today we have Mark Villalobos with us. Mark, in his 18 years with the Walt Disney Company, he learned a great deal on the importance of designing a physical space through the eyes of the consumers. Stories from the Disney method of design, studying physical, mental and emotional reasons why a customer feels welcome, connected and comfortable in a space. Finding out what's most important to your customers and then designing a space to exceed their expectations. He is now using ChatGPT in job search coaching and management consulting. How he is leveraging AI tools to accelerate the job search process. So let's welcome our today's guest, Mark Villalobos. Mark, welcome to the show. Hamad, thank you so much. I'm very excited to be here. I appreciate this opportunity. Awesome. So excited to have you here as well. And let's help all our folks to get that job search done pretty quick. So let's jump on right to the question, Mark. So tell us something really interesting about yourself that most people don't know. About chat, GPT. About yourself. Oh, about myself. Oh, well, let's see. Yes. That most people don't know. Um, I am a, a very avid runner. I am a very, uh, I enjoy running long distances. The marathon distance is one of my favorites. Uh, and so much so that one of the entrepreneurial um, endeavors that I did is I started a half marathon race in a very small town in Nevada, United States. Um, and uh, we went from Nevada into Arizona and back across a dam that is on a river. And so the the tagline for the race was um, one or two states, two time zones, one damn great race because the border between Arizona and Nevada, you changed two time zones. So it was actually very unique and it was we were able to make it pretty successful in the few years we were running it. Awesome. So how many miles was that? So the half marathon is 13.1 miles. It is, um, let's see, the full marathon. So it's, um, what is that? Um, 21 kilometers, I think. Um, and then the full marathon, 26.2 miles, which is 42 kilometers, I believe. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. That's pretty long and must have been a great experience. Wonderful experience. Yes. Yes. Awesome. Okay. So uh, how did you get into entrepreneurship? So entrepreneurship has been something that I studied in college and I went to college way before most of you were born. So I went to college back in the early 1990s and uh, there was an entrepreneurship program at my university, California State University in Los Angeles. And it was a um, it was exciting uh, to really kind of think about do, doing something that everything depends on you, your decision making, your ability to kind of think like your consumer and recognize kind of what they like and what they're going to enjoy, and then really kind of delivering that. And so um, the the first entrepreneurial idea I started was not until 2014, 15, when I started that race. 
Um, and then I, now there's a new sort of business that's been sort of brewing in my mind, which I'm hoping to launch very soon. Awesome. That's amazing. So Mark, let's start from the beginning. Uh, when you joined a Disney company, so why did you join it? And what was the reason getting into that? So the Walt Disney Company uh, had a, a series of stores, Disney stores, and these were across the United States and in Canada. There were some over in Europe as well. And this was Disney's idea that um, you don't, you know, not everybody gets to go to the theme parks. Like we have one in Anaheim, we have one in Florida, we yes. have, there's Japan, there's China, Paris. And, but we wanted to maybe bring a taste of that Disney theme park to hometowns across the United States. And what they also saw it as an opportunity to really sort of promote their products. So promote any new television shows coming out, movies that are coming out new rides at theme parks, but really kind of have a place where you train the employee, just like you train those people that work at Disneyland, at Walt Disney World, um, to really sort of, you know, care about people, care about their guests, care about the guest experience, and really at the same time, try and sell products and provide experiences that are going to be, uh, that are going to help enhance the brand. And so when I, I was in retail, uh, there was a, a Disney store in the mall. The manager there said, hey, I'd like you to come work for me. I went to work in, at Disney in 1993. So while I was going to uh, university, um, I started working at the Disney stores as a, an assistant store manager in the store in Los Angeles. Awesome. That's amazing. That idea was really good because most of the people won't go or can't go to the, these places to ex, uh, experience those uh, rides and all those atmosphere. So that's a really great idea. So you have 18 years of experience at the Disney company, right? So, yeah, I started in the stores. So I was able to kind of talk to the guests, the people who were coming in. There's everybody has a very kind of wild expectations of what Disney means to them and what it means to their family. And um, some of those expectations are, you know, exactly like my own. I, I love the stories. I love the songs. I love the music. You know, I love the plays. I love a lot of the things that the Walt Disney Company was putting out. And then other ones are a little, you know, crazier. You know, people are, you know, nuts about a collecting one certain little item or the Nightmare Before Christmas or Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I mean, some obscure titles, but they are obsessed with those and they want those types of things. But so I was able to listen to and get to know those customers, those guests. We call them guests at Disney. And then I moved after I got my degree in marketing, I moved into the marketing department for the for Walt Disney. And then I worked my way up to become um, first a senior manager and then a director. In, and I worked in marketing, operations, communications, and um, guest experience mostly. Awesome. That's amazing. So why did you leave that? Ah, that's a great question. Um, so uh, I w I actually left originally because I got recruited away to become a director of marketing at a different retailer. And I was gone for okay. about five years. I went back right when the Walt Disney Company was being reacquired, or I'm sorry, the Disney Company was reacquiring the Disney stores. And, and that was really wonderful to really kind of help design a new store, a new concept, a new sort of place where people were going to come visit us. And then I worked my way through a number of different projects and another organization, Sears Kmart, uh, they said they liked what I was doing at Disney and they wanted me to do that for them. Awesome. When you do a really great work, people see your work and they are going to invite you 
instead of the other yes. way around you are searching for people uh, to get you into a company so when you're doing that's some right. really amazing work companies will come to you that's correct absolutely awesome. that's the goal yes absolutely okay so mark then you got into a marathon just you got a lot of people into running in that marathon and it was successful so tell so, us about that as well so yeah this is in about 2015 and so there's a you'd have to google where this place it's called laughlin l-a-u-g-h-l-i-n laughlin yes. nevada 90 miles south of las vegas nevada and there's a river which is the border between nevada and arizona and my wife and I actually bought a place in the mid 2000s, early you know, 2005 or six there because we like to go, we like to play on the river. There's a lake that's nearby um, and just really unplug and really kind of just relax and, and, and get some sunshine. Well, I used to have to, I used to run and train there and there were some really pretty pathways um, and trails that either went through the desert or along the river. And I thought to myself, wow, it would be great if we had a, um, uh, a, a an event here. And my wife said, you know, you should start it. And I said, I don't understand. I've never done that before. Like, you could probably figure it out. So there is a dam that kind of stops the river and creates this lake. And you're able to walk across the dam. You can't drive on it, but you can walk on it. So the first thing I had to do was I had to walk and I like knocked on the door and I said, excuse me, do you think you would be interested in dropping the security gates and letting like 500 people run across the dam, turn around and then run back across the dam the other way? And they were like, let me ask somebody. And so we about a few weeks went by and I got a phone call and I said, guess what? Um, they said it was OK as long as you pay for security. And I'm like, how much is security? And they were like, oh, it's like about three hundred and fifty dollars. I said, oh, OK, let's do it. And so it turns out that dams and other kind of things are pretty important to like our federal government. So there was yes. a number of agencies that I had to speak to and show them the plan and tell them why it was safe. Um, and there was the Department of Interior and the Department of Forest Service and and then the Department of Transportation and all these different things I had to do. So so it was a lot of work. And it turns out that it's it it all these permits turn out to be really expensive. And so when people run in these events, they're like, my God, it's so expensive. Why you're, you're probably making all this money. It's like I was making nothing. I was losing money, actually. But, um, you know, to really try and to try and get people to get into their cars and drive four hours and sometimes three and a half, four hours. I'm pulling people from Las Vegas, from Los Angeles, from Phoenix, Arizona, and I'm really trying to convince them to come. And so it was really about I was a runner, so I spoke their language. I knew that they were involved in other races. So when you go to an event, you usually drive. And in California, you drive everything you drive. So you drive your car, you park your car. And so every weekend, I had these cards and I would just slide cards on people's windshields over and over and row by row by row. And I, I walked like hundreds of miles, I think, just putting cards on, on people's cars because I know that they were runners because they're there. And I know that if I give them a code, a QR code, something that's going to be able to get them to sign up to my race, because I mean, any runner knows when you finish a race, you've got all these endorphins and you've got all this like runners high and all this stuff. Yes. So you're very excited. And so I wanted to catch them right when they were really excited and say, hey, put your credit card in and sign up for my race. You just have to drive an hour or three hours to get there, but it's okay. Um, so that was really the, the, how it really kind of became very successful. Plus, I used a lot of Facebook 
a lot of SEO, a lot of um, really trying to target my ads to the right um, uh, people. Absolutely. And you use your experience at the Disney company as a marketing strategist, and that got you a lot of people as well. You're absolutely right. So in at Disney, it was all about guest experience. And so guest experience was how does the human being sort of like experience and what emotions do they feel when they are when they are um, experiencing your your place or your event or your store or whatever it is. And so my wife, she gets me as a gift. She'll get me entries to races in Lake Tahoe and Big Sur and San Diego. And so when we travel there to those races, we kind of see like, what do they do? And we observe like, how do they line people up? How do they get people to pick up their like their bibs and their and their medals? Like, what is it about those things that are good and what are not so good? And so we had this long list of things that we were saying, we really want to make this special. And one idea that I give 100% to my wife is people after they run these events, they're pretty sore. And the hotel that we had as our hotel where people would stay had bathtubs in it. So my wife bought this like bath salts and these little tiny bottles with these little corks in them. And she filled up these bottles, one, 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 one. And we had hundreds of them filled up. And she tied a little tiny note saying, thank you for coming to our race. And when you checked into the hotel, you got this little bag and it had basalts it had a sticker it had a little card which essentially was saying we are grateful for you coming to our race and so and people have told me this uh, even this past year i went to run it this year and somebody said mark i still have that little bottle of basalts that was the most special thing that you know anyone could have given me and so it's really that you're absolutely right hamad it's about thinking in the way of what does that what does the guest what, what does the guest need? What do they like? And then how do you really deliver it to them and really make it something special and unique? Absolutely. That's that's amazing. Giving you guests a really amazing experience gets them hold of you for a really long time. They will remember you and they will just come. Whenever you come to meet them, they are going to feel special because you did something special in the past. Yes, Hamad, it is, it is impossible to quantify that but I am consistently reminded how, how impactful things that you do, especially things that are special, are on, on people. And you never know when it's really gonna connect. And, 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 and people have come up, a gentleman came up this last year and he said to me, he goes, Mark, I, I, I want you to meet somebody. And I said, oh, oh, hi. And he said, this is my father. My father's name is Luis. And Luis had a stroke two weeks before the very first race that you did in 2015 and i wasn't gonna i was signed up i had never run a half marathon before and and he said no you go you've been training i want you to go and he was in los angeles and so he said he came and he had all these emotions and everything he went back home and he worked with his dad and they did therapy and they did all these things and his dad is doing much better now and this is like eight years later seven years later and he said i just want you to understand that every single year my dad cheers for me at this race and um it just means so much to me and i was overwhelmed with like emotion to be that to because i had nothing to do with that except putting on that race but to this individual 
it was a very life-changing moment for them. So that was really, really great to hear. Absolutely. These small moments give you really lifelong experiences that you can remember and you'll feel happy about it whenever you remember yes. about it. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. So, uh, uh, Mark, you are right now working with the people who are searching for jobs and accelerating those job search process so they can find a really good job for themselves. Can you explain what is the process that you have to go through to find that perfect job? Yes. Um, so thank you for asking this question. I appreciate it because I started in January and it was a couple months old already, but it chat GPT was something that I started to get very curious about and really kind of try and understand um, really just by using it and by and by playing in there. And I had a few friends and colleagues who had been laid off recently. And I was um, um, transitioning into a job as a management consultant. And they really had just heard the news that they were no longer employed. And I said, well, do you guys have any kind of system? Do you have a program that you're going to be following? And they're like, yeah, you know, you go to LinkedIn and you update it. And then you get a resume and you update it. And then you get a, you know, you apply for jobs. And I was like, no, 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 no. I said, listen, here's the thing. There's this thing called ChatGPT. And it's a tool, essentially, that's a writing tool. And so if you have trouble writing, it will help you write. It is a storytelling tool. If you have trouble telling stories, it will help you tell stories. And they're like, I don't understand. I said, watch. And so I gave them some uh, examples and I showed them some prompts on really sort of like how to really kind of create it. And then I started to kind of create like, you know, these like chapters. Okay, so you just lost your job and you're in shock and you're emotional and you are angry and all these things. Okay, what, what's doing? How do, you, how do you kind of get beyond that? So it's like, how do you make a plan? How do you make a timeline? How do you really sort of like kind of put your goals down? How do you kind of understand what's important to you in your next job? And so it's, there's a, a, a tool and a, a process and a program that really kind of works on that. The second part is you need your resources. Your resources are your LinkedIn profile, your um, resume, your cover letters. Um, and so it's like, that's where ChatGPT shines. I mean, you can, you usually already have something. Um, and the key, and this is one of the keys that is very, very straightforward and fairly easy is if you look at the job descriptions. So, you know, you set up on LinkedIn, I want, I want an alert every time management consultant job in the city of Chicago, you know, at a medium sized yes. company comes up, I want an alert. And so they'll send you all these alerts. Now, all those alerts have a job description. Here are the skills that you need. Here are the things that we want you to have. So you copy and paste, copy and paste, copy and paste onto just a document. And then you can do two or three of them into chat GPT. And then you say, well, your prompt is chat. I'm going to enter two job descriptions or three job descriptions. And what I want you to do is I want you to pull out the top 50 keywords that you find in these job descriptions. And they're just like that, a list of 50 keywords. And oh, and then you can say rank them from one most important to 50 least important that you find in there. So it'll put those in there. Great. Okay. And then you say, chat, same list of job descriptions. If LinkedIn has a list of skills, which skills should I have on my LinkedIn profile that will match these job descriptions? And then just like that, that's lit. Now, is ChatGPT perfect? No. Does ChatGPT get things wrong? Yes. Do you have to really check your work on ChatGPT? Yes. Absolutely. Yes, 100%. 
everything should be a source of inspiration. Think about it as a source of inspiration. And then you have to really kind of like kind of put on your own voice. You have to finesse it. You have to make sure that it, it feels like it's your voice that's coming across. And so then you go into chapter three and chapter three is really like, I've got to like, I've got to reach out to people and start having conversation. But you're like, I'm shy. I don't like to talk to people. I don't really like to network. I'm not a big fan. You know what? LinkedIn is a great place. Everybody's got a profile on there. You just need to have ChatGPT write you a really great introductory note. And so you just, yes. you know, there's a lot of prompts that are on YouTube. There's a lot of prompts that are on just Google what, you know, prompts to do. But you want to use words like persuasive. You want to use words like engaging, warm, sincere. So it's like chat, write me a warm, sincere, engaging note, no more than 50 words, 100 words, which will help people to um, connect with me on LinkedIn. And boom. And it's like, eh, I don't really like it. You hit the other button, regenerate response. Boom, you get a second one. And then you kind of like maybe do a third one. And you look at them and you say, okay, what can I take from each one to make that perfect sort of like um, that perfect uh, that, that, yes. that outreach sort of message? So those are some of the tips and the tricks, but and there's more. But um, that's really the way that you start that process because ultimately you got to get to the interview. And that's chapter four. And that's a whole other chapter. But when you get to that interview, at least it's it's audition time, it's show time. You can be we can prep you and get you ready Absolutely. to go. Absolutely. This not only saves you time as well as you don't need the help of those uh, LinkedIn gurus who are telling you to do this and do this. They will be managing your profile. So you're saving that as well. Yes. Awesome. Yes. Awesome. That's amazing. And just like you said, you don't have to just copy paste from chat GPT, you will get rejected. Yes. Yes. Because there's yes. a difference between uh, human writing and an AI writing. So right. the, the person reading that will know. Yeah. Awesome. They will. Uh, you are so right, Hamad. It is it is a it is a it is not meant to replace a uh, your own mind and your own creativity and your own um, ability to express yourself. Yes. Awesome. So, Mark, in your opinion, what is the most important personality trait someone would need to become successful in your job? Okay, in my job, I believe that um, the um, I believe that the desire to continuously learn is very important, and the desire to never believe that what you feel is right and correct and absolute today is that. You have to be open to other opinions. You have to be open to other new technologies, um, to new solutions, and to really not be afraid to um, make an opinion, you know, form an opinion, informed opinion, and express it, um, but in a way that's respectful and in a way that is going to um, help people understand that you you have a position um, on this particular subject. It might not be the most popular position. It might not be the one that everyone agrees with, but it's something that if you've done your diligence and you've got your facts, you are able to defend and say, this is who I am and how I feel. And people will respect that and will begin to trust you as a leader and trust you as somebody who consistently is um, fair and open and honest and direct. 
Awesome. That's amazing. Absolutely. You have to be adaptable of all the new situations. Like you need to, technologies are coming. You just have to adapt to it. Otherwise you are just yes. sitting here and saying that, uh, I'm right. Uh, this is what I'm writing and this is right. Nothing can ever change that. So right. this can be the biggest mistake that some, anyone is doing. Agree. I totally agree. Awesome. So, uh, Mark, how did you manage to grow your business so far? So I am in the process of, um, I'm doing, I'm doing a newsletter on LinkedIn. So it's a lot of content creation right now. And I am working with other, uh, professionals who have done things like created, you know, packages of, you know, learning materials on a learning management system or another kind of team that is, that kind of specializes in, um, you know, doing some marketing and outreach through LinkedIn, through Facebook, uh, but really in in ways that I really hadn't tried before. And so I'm listening to those folks and I'm really trying to say, okay, do I partner with you and, you know, say, okay, you can have a percentage of sales or do I purchase something outright and just say, help me kind of, kind of build this. Uh, And then a lot of it has to do with being involved in groups um, I will tell you the Discord group, the group that's on the Discord server is extremely helpful, at least for me. They have been. I ask what is probably newbie questions, and they have a whole section on like newbie questions. But you know, this whole thing on using Midjourney and other AI tools, it's really not being afraid to just ask the question. And I'll even start it. Hey, newbie here, does anybody know this? And then Sure enough, I will almost always, if not immediately, very, very soon receive a response. So a lot of it has to do with, in my opinion, um, you know, being a part of a group and then giving back. So when somebody asks a question that you know, hey, I actually know that one. Let me help you. This is what I did. Um, so getting engaged, being involved, groups on LinkedIn, groups on Facebook, groups on Discord, different places where um, I'm learning new things. Um, I actually started taking a class at a local community college uh, this past semester. And so today's our last day. We were final today. But um, it's about emerging technology. It's about AI. It's about machine learning and you know a lot of other things. And very much just helps me feel like I have my finger on the pulse of things that are new and, and evolving and emerging. Absolutely. The one thing you mentioned that uh, you type in some questions on Discord and people are there to respond to you. The one thing that I've personally experienced that when you are uh, asking some question in a Discord server in a chat, so people are there to help you out. But when you're posting some question on Facebook groups, then you are just getting some laughing emojis or some stupid answers according to that. So that is the most important thing that uh, people who are on LinkedIn or Discord are there for only business and helping out people and making some networks. But on Facebook, it's the other way around. They're there to make fun of other people and uh, just do the sarcasm. Yes, yes, I agree. I agree. I think there's there are a couple that are helpful groups, but a yes. lot of times it's a little. Uh, you're right. It's a little <laughs> less less. Just a waste less of time. <laughs> Yes. Awesome. Okay. So, uh, Mark, as everyone is dealing with some level of difficulties in the business, what are the most common difficulties you are currently facing? So for me, I, you know, it's really the, the notion of trust 
it really boils down to how are people trusting you as a subject matter expert? You've probably seen, especially in the area of AI and chat GPT, everybody is sort of hanging up a little thing that says expert. <laughs> I am an expert. Yes. <laughs> well, what, makes, what makes you an expert? Well, I've been on it for like, you know, 100 hours, 150 hours. I've done this. And um, and sometimes you're like very suspicious. You're like, I've kind of heard that same response like 15 <laughs> times, 15 different people. Yes. <laughs> What is it that's new, unique, and 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 better about you than other folks? And I think it really becomes a, um, you know, in these types of conversations, these one-on-one -on -one conversations, when you really try and help people understand, I know what you're going through. I've been through. I've been there. And then sometimes clients will begin to get emotional about their situation. And... I've like I can empathize so well because I was in that exact same spot. And so those are the times when you you're not trying, you're not overly trying to make a connection. You're just being a human being and you're being there for somebody that is in a very vulnerable and and tough spot. You know, being out of work is no fun. It's a very emotionally um rough time. And everybody's situation is different. People have debts, people have families, people have, you know, a lot of different things. And so in, in my, I think for me, the difficulties are really establishing the trust that um, I, that I do have a system. I do have a process. I do have something and it has worked. It has worked for multiple people. And ChatGPT is like icing on the cake. It is really just one more tool in your toolkit, very powerful tool, but it's a tool that you are able to leverage and use. And again, so people have to first trust me and then trust ChatGPT and AI because the media has so many stories about the danger and the um, uncertainty and you know doomsday and all these things. And I get it. I'm not suggesting that it's perfectly safe and nobody should worry. No, it, we should be very responsible, prudent, um, and really kind of make sure that we're not um, using it in, improperly. But it is a tool. It is something that you can leverage. And I think for me, it's really about having to being able to communicate and overcome some of those initial kinds of objections. Absolutely. Just you have to, uh, the tools are in front of you. Just you have to make sure that you are using it, not misusing it. Yes. You just have to take care of yours. Just don't let it be sitting there. Just use that and use that in your advantage. Agree. Awesome. So, uh, Mark, if you were to write a book about yourself, how would you name it? Oh, wow. Um, I would probably name it. Um, there was a um, there was a David Bowie song a long time ago, and it was called changes but it's the words say ch 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 changes and i think that it's a uh and i think changes is something that i have you know dealt with my entire life and been been open to and been um and, and you know i've moved my family from los angeles to chicago we grew up there we were born and raised there we made this transition um you know we we we've got a whole new sort of uh, friend group and and foundation here now. Um, we love going out and exploring and checking things out and and doing new things. 
Um, but but there's really that ever evolving kind of like, you know, as life is moving forward, children have growing up. My son's getting married this year. That's amazing. My daughter is entering her third year at university. That's amazing. Um, and so there's just things that consistently um, happen and occur, but you just have to be really open, willing and, and accepting of these things that change. And, you know, have an open mind, have an open heart and uh, keep on keep moving forward. Absolutely. So when are you planning to publish that book? <laughs> I, you know, I, uh, I I don't know. That's a great question. Um, it, it is. It has been in the back of my mind. Um, I think a book about ChatGPT and the job search might be before that one, though. But yes, I appreciate okay. that. Awesome. That would be amazing because uh, you have been through a lot of changes and that title uh, just suggests that to everyone when someone is reading that title, they know what's going to be in that book. And after they read it, after they read the starting first two chapters, first three chapters, they're going to know what is the value in that. And they will just complete it really, really soon. Yes. Just like you get that uh, pace up in the starting of the movie, then you complete it just really soon. You just want to know what is that in in the ending. So that's yes. how it's going to be. Awesome. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So what is the growth plan, Mark? Growth plan in the coming years? So in the coming years, I have, um, th th there are things that, what's fascinating is I'm working on these projects at Management Consulting that are really exciting and engaging projects. And the friend of mine who I'm working with says, Mark, you need to lean in what you're very passionate about. And you need to lean into really kind of what you are, are very, you know, feel very strongly. You know, so guest experience, customer experience, user experience um, in, in to, to a degree, patient experience in the, in the medical or the healthcare industry. You know, those are the places where I feel very passionate about. Disney has a very kind of um, desirable um you know they 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 have they have a system they have a program they understand how to really get to that root cause of finding out why people are there what is the emotional state of them when they're there what are the things that you want to try and deliver to them and how do you exceed their expectations and so i love trying to apply that to a number of different scenarios and that could be any place in the world really um to really kind of say you know people human beings are human beings and human beings have you know, small children, you know, middle-aged children, grown-up children. Um, they have, you know, there are different stages in their lives. They are coming to you in in a particular with a particular need and a particular, you know, in a particular state. How do you best really recognize that? Lean in when it's when you can, and really kind of deliver something that they are that's going to make that make make their experience memorable. And make it something that is um, uh, that that they are going to like you were saying that they don't forget and that they remember for years to come. And I think that you know people see Disney and they think, oh yeah, that's Disney. That's what they do. And it's not true. It's work. It's a lot of work. Yes. And it's and it's a lot of research and it's experiments and focus groups and and um, interviews and all of these things, you know, what made it good? What did you like? What specifically did you feel? At what point yes. did you kind of like, and so it's effort, but Disney doesn't have a patent on it. Disney doesn't have a copyright or a trademark on it. It is something anybody can do. You just have to apply yourself and be willing to invest 
the time and effort in, in order to kind of get the answers that you need to create that experience that you want. So my growth plan is to lean into that, work with organizations that have that as a, as a, a desire, as something that they want to improve. And at the same time on the side over here, kind of like keep that chat GPT job search kind of maybe engine kind of just going and humming and hopefully maybe somebody working on, on keeping that thing growing. That's amazing. So Mark, what is your favorite quotation? Oh, I've got a few. Um, let's see. Um, the one that is the one that's like kind of the go-to. So Wayne Gretzky was a, um, was a hockey player, very famous hockey player here in Canada and the United States. And he has his quote, which says, um, you miss 100% of the shots that you do not take. Don't take. So, yes. um, yeah, so I, I always think about that when, when you come to that moment in the decision-making, when you're like, do we want to take this risk? Do we want, want to take this risk? You know what? We can be safe and say no. Or we can say, you know what, we're going to take a shot and we're going to try see if we, it turns into something amazing. So I love that idea um, of taking those shots from time to time. Absolutely. Because regret is the worst thing that you can ever have. Yes. Try that shot or regret it later. Yes. Agree. Agree. And, and as you get older in life, like me, not like you, but like me, it, those things tend to weigh on you. Um, and I don't know if that makes it easier to take more shots or harder but um i do i do feel like uh it's definitely something i want to avoid is regret absolutely okay so mark what is that one piece of advice you would give to the young entrepreneurs starting in your feet so um i i let me not repeat anything that i've said and i'll say uh the advice is never be afraid to um ask for help and look at uh, other people who are doing things similar, like find a mentor, find a coach, not somebody who's going to invest in your business. And, and you'll be surprised, like relatives sometimes will have some level of expertise, either in the job that they're doing, or somebody that they know that was in a similar situation. But talk about it. Um, you know, share your problems with people and kind of say, you know, does anybody know anybody that does this? Or does can anyone give me advice on this? And um, if you are able to get into a group or um and you some some small kind of like group of folks who are kind of like advisors and who are helping one another out and who are able to kind of say, Hey, I've got this. Does anybody have this? And not that they just want to trade, but they just kind of want to kind of share knowledge, information, and you know, best practices and tips and and hacks and things like that. Um, that's what you want to do. But uh, it, it's you have an idea, which is I'm sure amazing, and you want to protect it, and you think that oh, I don't want to tell anybody. Uh, but if you okay, I'll give this one other piece of advice. If you live a life believing that there is an inexhaustible um, amount of money, people. Um, it doesn't matter who your competition is. It doesn't matter if 10 other people are doing a similar thing that you're doing. If you're doing it better, if you're doing it different, if you're doing it more memorable, you will succeed. And because there is that many people that are out there, there are billions of people out there 
It's impossible Absolutely. for one company to have everything. So live that life that you're there's so much success. There's so many people. There's so there's an, an infinite amount of success that's out there. Your success doesn't take away from somebody else. Their success doesn't take away from you. There's enough for us to all to go around, go after and get yours. Absolutely. Uh, the one thing that you mentioned that you have to have those groups in which talk, people are talking about new ideas, new their knowledge, their uh, their what they are going to do, their future plans. So that's going to help you out, not the people who are just hanging around with you, doing this, doing that. So you need to have that good circle with you because vibrations do matter. You are so right. Your network, your close kind of like you know, it, it's very it's very strange. People are always like, you know, the strangest people. It's like, you know what? The strangest people are the ones who inspire me. The strangest people yes. are the ones who are doing really great things that you might not hear of them and nobody else might know of them. But, you know, I've heard them speak. I've read their blogs or I've listened to their podcasts. I've read their blogs and they've got something they they've and they're sharing it and they're maybe they're sharing it now and they're going to start charging you for it later. But I'm listening while, you know, I'm engaging with them. I'm encouraging them. I want them to continue to, to kind of grow and expand. And I wish them all the success in the world. But for right now, thank you for, I'm grateful for you sharing your knowledge with me and being, uh, and, and being willing to kind of like uh, be that person. Awesome. So it's been a pleasure as well. And because you came on the show and you shared a lot of great knowledge with the audience. Yep. On LinkedIn would probably be the best place. And uh, I don't know, I'll send you a link in the show notes. Maybe we can put a, a link there to the, the yes, newsletter. I put it in the description. Awesome. Surely. Okay. So thanks a lot guys for listening. Keep watching, keep listening. Have a great day.